This is Culture A Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is a show where we'll deep dive on the good and the bad with Middle East HR and talent experts on their challenges, strategies, and success stories to inspire your own journey. Listen in and get ready to unlock potential and drive results with Culture A. Okay, do you remember the number roughly? How many countries you were operating out of? In Crystal? Or cities? Cities, we were operating, well, today we're in four, five cities. Okay. And But at one time we actually had more, I think. I'll tell you why I'm asking. Okay, the reason I'm asking for the number is because every country, every city you operate out of operates slightly differently, especially in the Middle East, okay? Regulations, rules, labor laws, etc. Yeah. What would you say from an HR perspective, since you were so heavily involved in that area, okay? Was there like a specific strategy or like an insight that you would say was universally effective across the country? So regardless of location, this seemed to work. Was there something like that? There was a couple of things that worked for us everywhere we went, which was our incentive program. Right. That always worked. Who doesn't like an incentive? Believe it or not, it was much better. Mm -hmm. But people, they're like, they thought it was too unachievable, which was not true. And... So we so we changed it to what people wanted, honestly. And that was one. Number two is we also, like, there was a lot of things that we taught or told people in the interview process. Just like when you go, like, especially rural cities in Egypt, Jordan, uh, even Saudi, they ask you, like, do I get two days off? While, like, our standard is, like, you work five days a week, like, like two days off. Sometimes it's not the weekend because we're uh, right. 24 hours, but you always get two days off. And in some instances, you get three days off a week because you work a, a longer shift or stuff. So people, like, like, we wanted to eliminate these basic, basic questions of, do I get health care? Like, yes. You know, like, like, this was already on the application saying... This is what, what you, you get. get. This is this is the date that you get paid on. Like like even before the first interview, people know have read have would have read all of that, right? Is, it, is that is that what you implemented to yes. get rid of? Okay. Because we felt a lot of times that like like we actually measured if if every candidate actually asked us this, we would save forty hours a week in HR time which was quite a bit of money. So we said, let's just put that on there, right? And then we started also automating a lot of uh, the process. Uh, I'm going to tell you something, a story. I don't know I don't know if your speakers, uh, I don't know if your viewers speak Arabic, but the way that people pick up the phone was usually my first filter. Keep in mind, before we built any processes, I used to, when we founded this company, it was only me and three other founders. And, and we were doing so many things. So I had to recruit the first... Well, I've, I kind of recruited the first 300 people. But the first 20, I wanted to make sure that they're people that hopefully will grow with me. And ironically, out of the first 15 I hired, to this day, there's still eight, 17 years later in the company. That's crazy. Okay. There's 17 years. Like, I haven't <laughs> stayed in my own company this yeah, long, yeah. right? So, <laughs> and I'm technically employee number two. And so, so uh, ironically, number one and two are no longer there. And, but, but, but these guys are still there. And, the people that the, if there was a lot of people that when they picked up they said hello how can I help you and I'm like wow like come in and if you pass the interview you're good but at least they pass but people say yes and like in all the Arabic slang words I'd be like click you know what I'm <laughs> saying like I'm saying like you mean no because you had to get creative right in 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 the ways that you wanted to address to that but that was again keep in mind this was entry-level jobs yeah as you go up the chain it's much harder to find the right experience plus the right talent and and listen so right now 
at Rainmaking. So I'm heading up also talent acquisition at Rainmaking. And we look for a lot of senior consultants to do certain jobs and to work with governments. And culture, sadly, becomes... It depends on what we're hiring. If we're hiring them as a consultant for a couple of hours a week, culture doesn't really play a big part in our conversation. But mm. obviously, I want somebody that people can talk to and can relate to and stuff. But then hiring for skill becomes very challenging because they need to have certain experience and they have to have certain experience on the ground here. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a, a like a, an IT consultant or an IT technical person that wants to build the local Kareem app here. If they were living in Latin America, onboarding them would take us months mm-hmm. to get that. And I, I know you've experienced this because me and you worked in a tech company before. So mm-hmm. you'd bring people from there and then take like they don't understand. They're like there's Ooh. an adjustment period. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to put it in the, the nicest way possible, there's definitely an adjustment period. But this is honestly, this region is a beast. There's so many things that you need to digest and understand and comprehend and learn. And the ins and outs are so complex. They're so like riddled with nuances. It's very difficult to just feel comfortable here. So I, I understand it, but it is it is like a steep learning curve. And I think for some people who live in more mature markets, because a lot of, you know, this is an emerging market, more mature markets, they come here and it's really like a little bit of a culture shock and they need to, they can't just, I think the hardest thing that people, or the biggest challenge that people struggle with here is when they try try and use it as like a plug-in. They bring in processes or policies or structures that work very well in mature markets and they bring it here and it just crumbles very, very quickly. You bin it. Yeah, I mean, and then they have to let it die. (laughs) Let it die. And and that's the thing, like uh, people ask me, so like Crystal as an example, because it's such a big corporation, you know, and they have people and like they have hundreds of people in each city. So they've built these processes and they've written up SOAP uh, documents, uh, you know, standard operating procedures and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so but like smaller companies like the company i'm heading up right now rainmaking we're 30 people and we're in we have employees literally spread between uae qatar saudi jordan kuwait palestine and in egypt and so having a hiring policy document i think if i put any time and effort it'll be just completely useless in my opinion because or it's going to be like a 400 pager <laughs> yeah exactly and then in this you do that and in this country you do so that doesn't make any sense so you have to trust the system and trust the people that they will come up with something that at least fits the culture in saying that i have to say something but sometimes i go rogue and i hire somebody that's super weird and from a personality perspective no no not from <laughs> Could be actually. Just throw someone in there. <laughs> shake let's things up. shake things up, right? Like, let's get up. No, somebody that is not uh, that fits uh, it. It fits the job, but doesn't fit the culture just a bit. Sometimes to see is are we on the right track for culture? A number two is there room for improvement or is there mm. room to? And then, like honestly, to be a bit more inclusive as well, because sometimes if you don't meet or if you get people that are not thinking all the same, and somebody comes with a really weird idea, the needle does move. No you diversity know? of thought. It's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, and and yeah. you know what I mean. Like I, I we've had that many times happen and most of the time I have to say it has worked uh, because you get people like when I joined there was a company I joined and everybody in the company has been there since the inception of this company and it was like I think eight years old and I kid you not I'd ask a question even if they're not in the same room I would get the same exact answer because these people have been working together for so long and there hasn't been an insight uh, somebody coming into this they were at I was brought in to help them out because they were stagnant because 
they haven't, but because there is no new ideas. And they would say, we'll just do a campaign on Facebook or we'll do something there, right? And then I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Like, that's not relevant. And then they, I'm like, why don't we bring a couple of university kids and see what they say? And when they said, we're going to pitch you this idea of us running this campaign on Facebook. Well, eight out of the 10 people didn't even have Facebook and they're trying to attract that age. So my first recommendation is hire some of these kids. And literally as soon as like one of them was, I think was a fresh grad, they hired her and the company like saw like something like a 30% growth in the first three months. That's crazy. It was crazy because these people were so comfortable and they thought the world was where where it was mm. eight years ago when they were hired. So so you need to shake things up. So this is so suddenly now you have a bunch of mid forty people sitting in a room and then you have four new twenty five year olders coming in and really driving the narrative. And these guys are feeling now that they're obsolete, but now they're starting. Uh, I actually saw one of them a, a year ago and they're like now. And hipster clothes, like, <laughs> like, like they had to, like they're like, we're listening to our people. I'm like, good for you. So, uh, so that's what. Uh, no, but but that's what I'm trying to say. How how culture sometimes gets stagnated and then needs to be refreshed by a new idea, like and what's happening on there and stuff like that. So this is something weird. Look, it's a, it's you make such a good point, and I didn't think about it until you said it. But I myself have had experience in organizations, and it's not just it's not just like smaller media medium-sized companies that have these challenges, you have huge organizations who they're so deep-rooted in their culture that it's like, a, it's like a narrative that's driven into every single person that joins to the point where nobody thinks differently. And if you look at how, if you look at thought, okay, from a leadership perspective in these organizations, everybody is the same. No one's bringing anything new to the table. No one's changing direction. But you know what that means is that there's also like a, down, a negative downstream impact or a domino effect, if you want, on individuals that are in these organizations that want to grow and they can't because they don't necessarily think the same way. So from a leadership perspective, when you're evaluating individuals mm. to, to take that next step or to develop their careers, if everyone is the same in the way that they think and they feel the company should go in this direction and somebody is an outlier, you're not necessarily going to go with the outlier. Mm. And so it, it really does create a ceiling for people that are trying to grow. So it's it's, and I never, I never thought about that until you mentioned it. Because we've been seeing it, especially a lot, because we've had companies in the last, I would say, especially with COVID, like in COVID, two things happened so in some of our portfolio companies at Rainmaking. We saw the good companies, or I'm not going to say the good companies, we saw a couple of companies really go the extra mile and adapt to what's happening, and they grew tremendously. Mm. While the other ones were like, we'll just ride this out. And- Unfortunately, a lot of them didn't see the other side uh, because they, they had to close down shop or stuff. So again, it, it, it depends on your, like, like I generally think, and people that usually have worked for me, they know I'm very progressive. And I know they know that like I like to stir up the pot every once in a while because we need new ideas. We need to stay on top of our game. There's, you know, we're not like, I, we're not this... 500 year old company or like where we have guaranteed revenues we have to work for it right so and that comes in with staying on top of the game by either getting retrained about certain things or constantly reading or constantly taking courses you know what i mean like i like like i have 25 years of experience i'm almost 50 and i still 
would like to learn. And honestly, I learn a lot from my youngest employees because they bring in a tool. I'm like, wow, this is super cool. Can I see like how it's done? What's happening with AI right now? Like, like right now, I just literally walking here today, I was playing around with this AI calendar tool. Because something that's really been pissing me off is they look at people look at have access to my calendar and they'll throw meetings even if there's a 15 minute break in the right. middle. And I'm like, but but I'm driving from one place to another. Like, how am I going to meet you between like, like, and this tool apparently now, if you say, if it sees there is a location, it gives it automatically a buffer between your meetings because they know that you have to commute and stuff. That's really cool. Right. So because you know, like sometimes you look at my calendar and it's like back to back and I'm like, guys, I like I need to eat lunch. Yeah. And, and it also auto puts a lunch in there. There was a, there was another really cool feature, like if everybody's on the same app and then it'll move your meeting because they'll know that Abe had a lot of meetings today. So Abe's brain power, so it'll move everybody off to another You need day. to give me the name of this. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, well, it's, I'm still testing it out, but like automation, you know, and AI is another thing that yeah. we can talk about. But people panicked when they saw it. I have to be honest. I'll tell you a funny story. When I saw ChatGPT 2, not even 3, I, I actually opened YouTube and started to learn how to farm. <laughs> you were like, I've given up. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, if this tool is going to do everything, I'm just going to go back to farming. So, no, but, but then I realized like AI is here as a tool and is there to support us and not to take over, right? Also, you uh, need to know how to use it. Yeah, yes, yes, definitely. You know. Actually, ChatGPT's quality has been dropping because right. of all the input of what people have been inputting it right. and, and stuff like that. So so again, again, we go back to tooling and process and that. And, and people. Look, I think I, I, I resonate a lot with what you're saying because you, I come from the people perspective. You come from the business perspective and we have, there's a lot that's, similar and if i if i really want to simplify you can say a business is like a person a person has to continuously learn you ha continuous learning is the the biggest thing and how can i put this i i i'm aligned with that okay i think it's important for everyone it's had to been like drilled into me my my husband who you know is is very much like a, a an avid learner and he's on top of all the apps and he's always showing me a new link and a new tool and he knew this and I, he's older than me. Okay. But, and I'm the one that's like, wait, it's too much. Like, it's too much. I don't know. What did you show me yesterday? When do you say stop? And well, yeah, exactly. When do you say stop? And it's like, okay, I can't keep up anymore. But to be honest with you, and this is something I was discussing in another episode, the, the, it makes us sound very old, but the younger generation are, they're very adaptable. They're very quick. They're wired differently. They're wired differently. Okay. And we need to take advantage of that wiring. Mm. We need to, we need to use it, leverage it because it's so beneficial. It will help you move so much further. And so I understand what you're saying when you're like, throw someone into the mix to mix it up because it'll help push things in the right direction. It, it, it will. It, you'll find a nice medium, right? Yeah. And like, listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, like there, like the definition of hours of work, at least for a business owner, doesn't kind of exist. But I can say no to certain times because because I need to also rest and and really start to think about what needs to happen next, right? So and that and that's a part. And even look at the younger generation how they consume a lot of other things from social media to media to email. Like have you seen an email? Like right now I, I look at my younger and I'm like, 
is this ChatGPT? And I'm like, I don't understand anything this, in this email. Just write me one liner saying, this is what I want. You know what I mean? Like, let's be honest. Like, so, so they're, they, they tend to, to use a lot more different things. They absorb even, even the communication style to talk to certain types of people as well as like I can't say the same thing in front of three different audiences. I right. have to read the room and and that's a part of that. And then even leadership when it comes to leading these teams, everyone has to have a different route by the way. And I saw that and I saw like we hired a super senior person from a very big automotive brand came into the to to this office. So the average age in my office is 27, 25. Mm-hmm. So we're very young. He, he's struggled and then he's like it is not for me and he, he he actually moved on because he didn't know how to communicate because all of his life he's been talking to people 10 years younger than him so he was expecting these mid 50s and and this person like really really struggled so leadership also will have to go through this transformational process and that's something that we need to look into as well because nobody's addressing that because now we're seeing especially in huge family offices where the grandfather the father and the son sits and now the son is having a fourth generation and you should see the clash between the four mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about leadership, that aspect, because family plays a big part in in that, but also in the whole innovation aspect plays, like how innovative and how, you know what I mean? And and that's, I think, for maybe for another episode, but (laughs) but the dynamics in the room are very different. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, and I I understand it completely. And it's something that I've said I actually want to do an episode on is bridging the generational gap because you, you you see a lot more, a lot younger leadership now. And so how does that work with your existing employees? But okay, park that. Let's, I want to dive into uh, Rainmaking as a startup bootcamp that you're, that you're now uh, leading. Okay. Because since you mentioned it, would you say that the role of HR is critical at the really early stages or is this something that comes in after? So uh, at Rainmaking, because we are uh, a corporate innovation company and we build for corporates. So HR is the main pillar in okay. building a company because we need to find that person that would run the thing we're building and it's that person's vision and leadership plus the plan is what's going to take us to the next level right so so this is something that we are very uh, we build the whole business case around and in startup boot camp honestly uh, when people apply to our programs they're usually a founder a co-founder and a tech guy or a tech guy with a marketing person, like there's such a small teams and they have to do so many, they have to wear so many hats. So HR like becomes two parts. One is to lead them into how to grow to, into their next phase of their life and sometimes acts as therapy for them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, because they, they do need to vent, they need to, and, and, and it's very healthy for a founder or these these teams on both sides to keep an open dialogue of what's happening with them even on a personal level because it is very draining when you're building a company it's like you're building a family right and obviously culture plays a big part of that but also getting how do i say this energized from the people around you plus making sure that people absorb you as much as they can and 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 i see this like we've lost companies because the founder just gave up they said, I can't do this anymore. It's too draining. I have to manage, you know, sometimes people think when they hire people, that's it. The problem's fixed. No, but people also need direction. They also need to be inspired. They mm-hmm. need to know what they're going and they need to know what they're doing. And they say they'll hire somebody and then they'll figure it out. That is always the worst thing we always saw. And it, I've never seen it work. 
Yeah. So that's that's a big part of that. So yeah, so and then like in venture building, what we do with rainmaking, it is so important. Like the first question anybody asks, where are you guys gonna find the fi- founders? Where are you guys gonna find the team? Because talent. But can I say something about talent? And uh, I say this on stage all, all the time. Okay, so it's, it's nothing bad. <laughs> no, 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 it's nothing bad. People keep saying that we have an issue. We have. We don't have a lot of talent in in, in, in Mina. I disagree with that. Point. I disagree with that. So there's tons of talent, but you know, we walk into the people and say, so in my business, people keep saying, find us the next unicorn. They everybody wants the unicorn, right? Which I know it's a mythical creature and all that good stuff. But I say, why are you looking for a unicorn? Let's build like so in tech it's a pyramid. You need 100,000 incubated companies, like 30,000 accelerated companies, 10,000 scale-ups, whatever, till you get to the 10, 15 unicorns. It's a pyramid. Mm -hmm. So why, like, do you think a unicorn talent will have to start a company on its own? No. These people will join at the right time. And keep in mind, there are different types of people. There's a lot of good people who are good from zero to 30%, like from zero to one, what we call, like the start. Then there's good people that would grow. And then there's good people that scale. And there's good people that take it to the next level. Mm -hmm. And we've seen this when we worked, like the levels of, Mm -hmm. like there were people super talented, but then Mm -hmm. they taper off because... That's it. That's what they can. And that's when you hire the next level of talent. And people don't seem to understand that. And and that's why they say, oh, how can you find me a talent? I'm like, okay, first of all, you're a corporate who've never dealt with startups. We, It's super hard to find somebody that goes from zero all the way to all the way. That's that's usually doesn't happen unless and they say, okay, find me like a Zuckerberg. And I'm like, okay, that's like, there's nobody knows, but there's like 7 million startups. Okay. And they're a thousand unicorns. No, there's even more than seven million startups, but but that's that's how the pyramid goes. I had to get this on radio because I kind of want to copyright that. No, no, I was just. But no, people need to understand that that's that's where we go from there. Yeah, no, and to, to for your statement before I, I'm completely with you, like to say that there's no talent in this region is just means you don't understand the region, in my opinion. But let's let's move on from that one. Okay, last question for you before we wrap up. Okay. I usually ask this question to the guests on my show. They are directly from the HR community. I'm going to ask it for you. What would your advice be? Like if you could have like a top tip for individuals just starting off their career, typically in HR, but we can, we can be flexible on that. Okay. Just starting off their career and then individuals that are like seasoned in leadership positions. What is your top piece of advice for each of them? I think for the fresh grads, I think I would really want to find a good mentor mm-hmm. or something or some person that makes or resonates with them so they can grow with them like as a senior person and, and stuff like that and to run ideas by them and it's it's good to experiment as well at that age and it's good to find a place that can allow you to experiment as well you know what i mean sometimes people take the job just because it's a job and, and i know i'm saying that because i've gone through this i'm not saying from the first no you get you say okay i'm done no that's not i just it's as you move up you build your own playbook and what things that you've learned i'm a big fan of niching up mm-hmm. like i don't like when you speak to people who've been in, a, in an industry for 10 15 years and saying you know what i'm going to try this new certificate because i want to add it to my to the wall of certificates right it's fine if it's something that you care about if, or if you want to get into but not because everybody around you is doing it i want to do it as well you know what i mean okay and i see a lot of people 
people falling back saying, maybe I want to try this as a new career. I'm like, no, you already invested 10 years and you become really good. Whether you like it or not, you became really good at it. So find something in there that you get re-energized and you like again. And then, but don't start like, I see a lot of people in HR saying, you know what, I'm going to get some kind of tech degree, like just to, so I can start hiring tech recruiters or like uh, learn how to code. I've seen actually a couple of you. I'm like, like, are you going to start asking coding questions to coders? That's never going to go wrong. Stuff like that. Like I see that a lot. And then on the highest level, I, I generally could give them as an advice saying, honestly, keep an open mind. I have a lot of people who are so in love with what they've done in their playbook that they think anything outside their playbook is wrong. And and I see them follow trap, you know, to bring back that conversation, some things should die. You know what I'm saying? I'm serious. <laughs> it's some things because they worked for you 10, 15 years ago, they will not work for you now. Minus the basics, obviously. But mm-hmm. but so just keep an open mind. Honestly, a lot like I get a, I have a lot of followers on LinkedIn and a lot of people want to do a coffee with me and I try as much as possible to have as much, like I'll do two to three interviews a day because I'm always looking for founders. I'm looking for, and even juniors, like if a junior, like I hired this fresh grad a couple of months ago, he was so creative in getting to me. I admired how he got to me. I said, yeah, let's, let's have an interview. I hired him. He's a rock star, right? So if they, if these people put the effort in getting to me, I owe them at least a 20-minute conversation, and then we'll take it from there. And, mm. and that's how it usually happens. So that's my advice. for. So the you thing. never know what you might get if you're just open to it. Exactly. You might Usually are my best hires or people that reach out, but then I do nowadays tend to take my time in hiring because what I call emergency hires are usually never the right fit, usually mm. from experience. Mm. Some of them I'll be like, some of them lasted four or five years and some of them didn't last a week. So, because you really need to test them out and stuff like that. Thank you for that. No problem. It was my pleasure. Abe, this was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed talking to you. It was nice to have your perspective on the show. Thank you very much. I loved, I loved this podcast. It's, it speaks to me on, on many levels because I people think HR is very, like the perception is usually it's very boundary driven, very dry and stuff, but it it, it can't be. Culture should be... Culture is not dry. Uh, yeah. But some people do think yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. There's a misconception. Absolutely. And that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to kind of build the like, forum sure. to shed light. So it's it's nice that you say that. I appreciate that. No, no, I, I generally do. And that's why I reached out to you and said, yeah. so yeah. yeah, and thank you for having me again. Of course. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure. For anyone who is listening in, watching in, has tuned in in any way, shape or form. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please like, share and subscribe to Culture A. If you have any questions for myself when I say this every single episode, feel free to reach out. We really want to have a conversation with you. So give us your feedback or say hello and stay tuned for the next episode of Culture A. Thank you again. Thank you. (laughs)